You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to our third solo episode of season five. So happy to have you here as always and just really am loving how much you're loving this season. Um, I feel like Erica has just been so transparent and so vulnerable, and it has been so helpful for so many of you. So if you've reached out to tell us that, thank you. It means more than you could possibly know. And I'm just really, really thankful that y'all are really resonating with this and feeling really connected to what's happening this season. So what I want to talk about today is something that we touched on in the episodes around our tendency to see no's as a definite and yeses as a maybe. I want to talk about um, normalizing that people will have wobbles. I want to even talk about normalizing um, someone backing out like happened in Erica's launch. Um, And I want to talk about speaking to objections. I think that, you know, all of these are so intertwined in terms of the fact that Most of us are freaked out to speak to objections. Most of us take a no for sure and a yes. We're like very like, you know, suspicious of almost. Um, We think that no one else has someone back out. We think no one has people having wobbles. And so I just want to talk through all of this. I want to normalize it and I want to talk about how we can shift these things to really make better business decisions from this place, but also to just really feel more empowered in the process too. So the first part of um, seeing no as a definite and yes as a maybe, here's what I mean by that. We'll use um, Erica's example, but you know, when people were saying yes, she was almost finding herself kind of saying like, yes, and we'll like, you know, wait and see when they sign the contract, right? Um, I see that all the time. So many of my clients will get a yes and they're like, well, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll wait and see, right? But then what was happening is um, when someone was coming back to Erica and being like, hey, you know, I know I, you know, signed up or whatever, but like this thing happened and, you know, now I'm like freaking out. She was seeing that as like a definite, like it wasn't occurring to her like, oh, you know, maybe this is just something we need to talk through or maybe like they need to know about a payment plan or maybe this is just kind of a wobble they're having because they've just invested in themselves. It was like, that is a definite. So isn't it funny how our brains do that? Like if someone says, you know, hey, something came up or hey, you know, I have this objection or whatever, we see that as a complete like 100% definite. But if they say yes, we are so hesitant (laughs) to take them at their word. And this is so important to energetically shift because it's not just what we're saying, but it's the energy behind it that matters so much, right? So Think about the fact that if you're suspicious of someone's yes, there is an energy that translates with that that could make them very suspicious about their own yes, right? And you may never even say anything specific, but just notice how there is something behind that. Like it's almost like if I went to buy a car and I was like, okay, 
I'm in, I'm ready to sign. The guy's like, oh, wow, really? Um, oh, okay, yeah, um, sure. I would kind of like second guess it right away. Like his kind of like surprise and like suspicion of that would kind of make me be like, wait, what am I missing, <laughs> right? Even if he didn't say anything specific, right? There is an energy behind everything we're doing. So just noticing that, just shifting that energy to letting yourself believe that a yes very likely means a yes is so useful because it helps you show up from that place. Now, why do we mostly do that? Because we want to avoid disappointment, right? We take a yes as like a maybe because we don't want to be disappointed if it, you know, turns out not to be that, right? But what I have found to be true, you know, gosh, it's definitely true in life, but it's certainly true in business over the last six years I've been doing this is running your business to avoid disappointment is the worst and hardest thing you can possibly do because you perpetually live in disappointment, right? There's so much irony when like in order to avoid disappointment, we almost perpetually put ourselves in disappointment, right? Someone says yes and we're like, ah, yeah, I'm not gonna take it. Like, we're immediately already putting ourselves in disappointment. Like maybe we feel like it's going to like sting less terribly or something, but it's just so interesting how that is. And it puts us in an energy again that is not serving our business and it's definitely not serving our sales process. So what I really want to challenge you with here is to see how bought in you can be to someone's yes and how much that changes the energy between you two and also the the energy with which you just like move through that, right? Like you're of course going to follow up. You're of course going to make sure um, to check in on that contract. All of those steps that seem so obvious, but that are much, much, much harder to do if you still think it's a maybe, <laughs> right? So much harder to follow up and check in if in your head you're like, yeah, but I mean, we'll see. I don't even know, right? So flipping easy to follow up and check in if you're like, yeah, she was totally a yes. Like I'm, I'm absolutely going to check in on that. Does that make sense? So really playing with this idea of I believe their yes is so valuable to how you're going to show up, to how you're going to feel, to how that energy is going to translate to your client, right? Believe the yes. Don't get suspicious of their yes, making them suspicious of their yes, right? And know that you can handle disappointment. Like if you've been trying to avoid it, again, you've probably been perpetually living in it. So trusting yourself that you could handle it. Like all of us have believed in a yes that has turned into a no at one point or another, and we're all still here and okay and still getting plenty more yeses along the way. So, you know, that's really a beautiful gift you can give yourself too, is to be like, I'm going to believe this is a yes, even if I get a little disappointed around that along the way. Like that's totally normal and totally okay, right? So it's not believing it's a yes because then it will be a yes 1,000% of the time. It's believing it's a yes because it helps everything else in the process. And even if, you know, at some point or another, someone ends up not being, it doesn't help you in any way, shape, or form to have, you know, like played your cards like that, (laughs) right? So just keep that in mind. Like you really want to start believing your people's yes. You want to start seeing the yes as a true yes and acting in accordance with that. Which leads me to not seeing a no as a definite, right? So uh, the way I mean this is if someone's 
saying like, I want to, but I'm a yes, but, or I know I signed up, but now this, right? So I'm not saying if someone just says to you like, hey, no, this isn't for me to like be like, (laughs) I don't believe you. Like everyone is allowed to have an empowered no. But what I mean is the example of like with Erica, how someone said yes and then came back with an objection, right? Oh my gosh, I said yes, but now this has come up. I said yes, but this, right? So what what we often do in situations like that is go, oh, okay, no problem. Like here's, here's the refund or like, oh, okay, got it. Like understand that you're not signing up. And what I really want to challenge you on there is to see that so often when we do make a big leap to take a stand for ourselves, to invest in ourselves, to step into something new, whether that's like a program on pleasure or on building your business or whatever that is, it is so normal for people to have wobbles. It is so normal for people to have something pop up that really freaks them out, right? And so the reason we don't want to take that as a definite is because we want to give them a chance to see, hey, is this maybe just something popping up for you because it is so freaking normal, (laughs) to have a wobble once you are stepping up for yourself in this way. So again, it doesn't mean we're like forcing them to a yes, but if we take that no so fast, we miss all that opportunity to be like, hey, let me just check in with you. Is something else at play here? Is something else making you freaked out about investing in your pleasure? Is something else, you know, going on here? Because that's pretty normal, you know? So it's just like taking that extra second to pause and go, well, they were a yes, right? And it felt like a strong yes. And I believed the yes. And now they're having a wobble. And so let me just ask about that. Let me take the time to be invested in what's true there. Because that's what we're ultimately trying to get to, like, is what's really true here. So ultimately, it's not to say because we have to get them back to yes. Like that's that's not it. We're not trying to manipulate anyone here. We're not trying to like play some gross game. But, you know, it is one of those things where like we've said yes to coaching together and now I feel like we're in a really potentially coachable moment. Let me take that opportunity. Let me not take that no as such a definite that I completely missed the chance to go, hey, this happens a lot. Is this potentially what's going on for you here? right? Because who has not had that happen? Like if you are listening to this, please, please, please tell me, have you invested in something (laughs) and then immediately had a freak out or something pop up in your life or, um, you know, a, a set of circumstances occur that made you go, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't have. I feel like we all have. I feel like that is so normal because life is life. Right. And we always try to invest at like the perfect time and then life happens. Right. And so I really just wanted to give context around that piece where it's not like we're saying someone can't have an empowered no, but if they've already really indicated to us that they are a yes or that they're really interested, I really would challenge you to just be able to ask more questions there. Um, That is something I constantly teach in my value centered sales uh, mastermind is that It's not about always getting back to a yes, but it's fully understanding if we're not getting to a yes, what's behind the no. And when we take that no so quickly and so definitively, we completely miss the opportunity to really freaking understand what's going on here. So like you could 
uh, hear Erica and I talking about that on one of the sessions and like one person, she really fully did understand and was like, yeah, like her no is feels like a full no. I completely understand why. Done. Great. We're not trying to force anyone into a yes, right? But another person, she was like, yeah, I don't really know what happened there. There's like for sure an opportunity to go into that and to talk more about that. And that's where your win is because you're either going to potentially get them back to a yes, or you're at least going to understand it. And the understanding does a lot for you. (laughs) A lot. Number one, it gives you great market research, right? Like so many of the conversations Eric and I have been having about like, what are we learning? Oh, we're learning that it's like a really, really, really big deal for your people to um, invest in themselves and their own pleasure. Like how do we speak to that way more, right? It gives you so much market research. The second reason is it makes you not play crazy effing mind games with yourself, right? Because if you fully understand their yes, you can't make shit up. If they just come back and say, you know what, never mind, thanks, but no thanks, you're going to be like, the program wasn't good enough. The price was too high. I didn't do something right in the follow up. They didn't like my onboarding. Like, you will be able to make everything up. <laughs> and it is so unhelpful to put yourself in that position where your brain can run wild instead of just asking right? So normalizing people having wobbles also means normalizing asking questions there. It doesn't have to be invasive. It does not have to be like, well, what the hell? Like you were a yes yesterday. Like, no, it's like, hey, totally hear what you're saying. Like, it's actually really, really normal for, you know, people to kind of have freakouts after they invest in themselves and to have kind of wobbles or to feel like, you know, life is throwing different things at them. Can you let me know if that feels true for you? Like what's going on for you here? Right? Just be willing to go there in the conversation. I have had plenty of those conversations and some have been a no and that's okay. And some have been like, thank you so freaking much for talking me through that because I was about to talk myself out of this thing I really, really wanted. And I really need someone needed someone to give me a reflection on that, right? Either way you win, either way you have understanding and clarity and market research, or you get back to a yes. But if you take that no as a definite, you miss all of that goodness, right? So really practice that idea of I'm not here to force anything, but I am here to understand, which again, by the way, is basically the entire job we have as coaches is not to force anything, but to understand, right? So if you can see that exists in the sales process as much as it would exist in the coaching process, it gets so much easier to do because it all feels aligned versus feeling like, oh my God, I'm doing some weird icky sales thing. That's so not me. Um, No, you're doing the thing you do all day long with your people, right? Ask questions, understand, ask questions, understand, give reflection. So really giving yourself permission to go there in the sales process, I really find to be such a gift. And, you know, in many ways, I, I think that, Sometimes it's what makes a client really realize that's why they need coaching, right? Because they're like, oh, dang, I really needed that reflection. Thank you so much. This is exactly why I'm doing this, right? Again, or not, and that's okay too. But you want to feel like you played it out. You want to feel like you like left your cards on the table. If you feel like, well, three people backed out of my program and I really don't know why and I like really didn't try to find out, that is the most disappointing place you could possibly be in a launch. When you can say, 
you know, two backed out and I totally understand why it was this, this, and this. One actually had a wobble, but like ended up coming back on the fence and feels really good. And I just fully get all of it. I'm not making up stories. I'm not deciding I'm bad at sales. I'm not, you know, deciding my program sets, like any of those things. So please give yourself this gift. Please give your people this gift and really practice, you know, not seeing no as a definite and not seeing yes as a maybe. I trust your yes, and I'm willing to just find out more information if you have a no, right? That is such a beautiful way to look at this process. It's really empowering for them, and it's really empowering for you, right? Because in both cases, like all you're doing is getting to the bottom, getting to the truth, You're not trying to force anything. But again, if someone gives me a yes and I'm completely suspicious of it, weird energy. If someone gives me a no and I totally back off when they're having a wobble, not necessarily the thing we most want uh, in coaching anyway, right? Is to kind of like fully pull back. Like one of my clients said to me like, you know, this launch feels terrible. Like I'm, I'm just a no, I'm done, I'm canceling it. They're allowed to cancel it, but I sure as fuck wouldn't just be like, okay, You know what I mean? I'd be like, well, all right, like you're totally empowered to do whatever feels good, but like tell me more here. Let's talk through this. Do you see how it's just the same here? Right? And so really, again, just seeing this as not like a sales tactic or something, but like a very normalized way to show up in an authentic way to you and coaching is so amazing. So the next piece I want to talk about is to normalize having some people back out. Um, I feel like that, like this is not like a story I'm trying to set up where it's like everyone has someone back out every launch. That's that's not it either. However, if you've been in this business for any length of time, if you've done multiple launches, that has probably happened to you. And I just want to say that because anytime I have a client have something like that happens, like their first question is almost always like, has, do you know, does this happen to other people? Like, we just want to know, like, wow, am I doing something significantly wrong? Because <laughs> so much of the messaging and marketing in our industry is about perfection, right? It's about like the dream soulmate client who like never has a problem and never is a challenge or, you know, the, um, oh my gosh, what's the other word I hear used a lot? Uh, Oh my God, I can't even think about it right now. And I feel like I did a, um, a client story rant on it, but it's like, you know, it's like the, this way of like being a high value client or some, something along those lines. Right. Um, and so it can be so easy to second guess yourself where you're like, oh my God, have I attracted the wrong people? Am I not like putting out the right things? If I'm having a challenge point with someone, does that mean this, 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 and this? And it just fucking doesn't. (laughs) Right. Um, Like humans are so much more complicated than that. When we try to distill like a, you know, ideal soulmate client down to this idea that like they are so perfect that they'd never have a wobble, that they never have life, that nothing ever challenges them or comes up, we're totally missing the point, right? And again, I'm not saying this happens like constantly, but I'm just saying like when it does, your job is to learn what you can from it, which is exactly what we just talked about, right? And then your second job is to not make up stories above and beyond that. (laughs) To not make up a story that it somehow means you suck, that it somehow means your marketing sucks, that it somehow means your program sucks, 
right? If you got direct feedback about something like that, then by all means, make a change, right? <laughs> like if someone was like, hey, I felt like this, this thing, like really, really, really did not feel good to me. Like I want to tell you, okay, yes, learn from that. But if someone is not saying that to you, please do not make that story up, right? Because that is the trap. If you can go, okay, this is a person with a whole life and lots of layers and lots of things going on. And I can see how like this may have occurred so that they are unable to join the program or so that they are having a wobble before they join the program. That does not mean anything has gone wrong. That means you are a human working with, spoiler alert, other humans, right? Like this is the game. And when you keep feeling like something has gone wrong because you're having human experiences and playing the game, that is the fastest way to get stuck in your business because you will burn down a business that is working really, really well 95% of the time, right? Or 98% of the time or whatever because you're you're having like 2 to 5% where you have to deal with some of this stuff. And like, that is business, right? That is life, quite honestly, right? So really just normalizing, like, yes, these things happen sometimes. And no, it nine times out of 10 doesn't mean you suck unless someone has like genuinely told you, hey, I need you to like know this thing really hurt me, upset me. By all means, take feedback, but stop manufacturing it to mean something, right? Stop looking for this person backing out to mean all of these things suck about you, right? So again, this happens. It's normal. The way to move through it is to simply move through it without assigning a lot of meaning to it, to go, okay, like here's the process. Here's what we do in these situations. Like, can I see this as just like an occurrence of business, right? Kind of like my taxes, you know? It's not like my favorite part of business by any means, fuck, at all, It's just a thing I do and I move through it. If I wanted to flip out about that all the time and create a ton of stories, I could, but it really wouldn't serve me. You know, it's just one of the less exciting parts. I do the thing I have to do and I move through it. And if you can treat things like someone backing out during a program like that, your business will truly feel so much better and more easeful to you. If every time that happens, you freak out and make it mean something, Shit will get harder and harder and you'll start making potentially poor business decisions on that front. Like, so it's almost like how I said, you know, you're making a decision based on what's happening two to 5% of the time. So then you'll start being like, well, then I'm only doing this type of application or this pay in full plan or this thing because I'm never having that happen again. When again, like 98 to 95% of like the results were coming from those things, right? So you see how it can make you get really not strategic <laughs> if you start making up stories by by making a lot of decisions to like avoid this thing never happening again that is just naturally going to occur sometimes. So really grateful that Erica was um you know just able to to illustrate that for us and see that like no it doesn't feel good in the moment. Yes, you have to process it. Yes, it's frustrating. And no something is not wrong here. You know, she still has a launch that's going very well. This is like the first time she's launched this program. It's, you know, like the thing she is most excited about this launch is going really, really well. Like 
all is well. We don't have to do anything except be like, okay, did we fully realize the conversation with those people? And are we going to continue to use what we've learned from that in marketing? So that's really the last piece I want to talk about is speaking to objections and using what you're learning in your marketing. So this seems (laughs) like so obvious. And I feel like it's one of the things I see entrepreneurs do so little of or almost like forget to do and get stuck in, which is what you should be doing in any situation like this is immediately trying to find out more like we were saying and then taking that and turning that into your launch. What I think a lot of people do in a launch process, for example, is like they'll have like all their emails planned or all their topics planned or whatever, and they don't deviate when they've gotten this new information. What I teach my clients that I think works so well and is why so many of them have such successful launches is we will always fucking deviate (laughs) if we have new information, if we have new objections, if we've learned a new pattern is happening. Well, like we'll scrap everything and add this stuff in because this is what makes a launch is being able to learn from it adapt and speak to it. Not next time, this time, right? Of course, if you're hearing something on the last day of a launch, fine. But even that, like if a client came to me on the morning of the last day of a launch and was like, wow, I just heard this thing from three people and here's what's going on. I would be like, what are you changing in your emails today? (laughs) Right? Because this is like the beauty of launching is that you're speaking to so many more people in such a short container and you're building so much more data in such a tight window that you want to take that data and run with it. You want to do something about it. You don't want to just say, oh, well, I know why some people aren't buying or I know why some people are, you know, having wobbles, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, you know, what am I going to do about it? Um, Everything. <laughs> you're going to talk about it at a time. You're going to put it in emails. You're going to put it in social posts. You're going to do it in lives. Like whatever channels you're talking to your audience on, that's where you're going to add it in. Um, What I say to my clients a lot is like that the first week of a launch is like the build up, the excitement generating, the like helping them understand the program. And the last week is speaking to objections, right? Because again, the truth is your perfect client, your ideal client, your high value client, whatever it is, right? They still have fears because they are humans. (laughs) They still have things that freak them out because they are about to make a big investment. Like, I think that in our industry, it's like so normal. Like we've normalized investing so much, which I think is beautiful. And we kind of forget what a big flipping deal it is. Like, I remember when I invested for the first time, I invested $7,500. And like, that was wild for me at the time. Like, Like the only thing I had spent that kind of money on was like a car or my college education. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it it was so wild to be like, I'm going to just put it on myself and on this thing that I like have no proof is a real thing yet. So like, I think we have to really be generous and compassionate to our audience in that endeavor is like, just because now it's really normalized for us in many ways, it doesn't mean it's normalized for them. Like for example, with Erica, like she's been investing, learning about pouring into her own, um, pleasure for six years. Well, way longer than that. Even I think, you know, like this business six years, but like way, way, way longer than that in terms of like even investing in and learning about her pleasure. 
So it feels so normal to her that, you know, we have to work extra hard to be like, oh, where are they at? And what do they need to hear from me? Because it is not so normal for them. Same with business now, right? Like I have to remember what that first 7,500 was like and how I was, I mean, let's be serious. I was totally a high value, ideal client. No, I'm teasing. But you know what I mean? I was like, I was a great client to have. And I still had plenty of fears. I still had plenty of um, things going on. I still, you know, needed someone to address those things with me so that I felt more comfortable taking that leap, right? And so please give your audience that like grace and compassion and be like willing to meet them there. Um, I feel like that doesn't mean you're like all of a sudden attracting people that have all these fears. Assume most people that are about to invest a big chunk of money have some fears around it. And so if you can just speak to that, you're way ahead of the curve instead of trying to look for the person who has none, right? Like, I don't know where those people are. And if they if they had no, no fear around that, they might not need your program. Like if I had zero fear around investing in my business and I like knew it was working and whatever, I probably would have needed a totally different program at that time, to be honest, Right. Like, because I was still scared and because I was still new and because I still needed all this support and because I needed a lot of mindset uh, support around the fear, like, that was the right program for me. Do you know? So really just wanting to encourage you to speak to objections and see that as, like, such a beautiful way to meet your audience where they're at and really help them across that finish line and to really feel like, you kind of like left it all on the field, right? If you're getting all this data and information and you're not doing anything with it, that is going to be the freaking fastest way to kick yourself later when you didn't have the launch results you wanted. You're going to be like, but why didn't I do anything about that? Like I talked to five people who were stuck on this one point and I didn't even like send a freaking email about it. Like, oh my God, do not do that to yourself in a launch. Like that is a recipe for beating yourself up for months and not wanting to launch again. If you can make those tweaks and adjustments and, you know, it also speaks to have as many conversations as you can so you can learn from that. So that's a whole whole point there too. But yeah, if you can make those tweaks and adjustments and learn from it in the moment and play it full out and speak to that as much as possible, you're going to feel like you went all in on that launch. So no matter what happens in the outcome, you're going to feel really good and empowered. But ultimately, being able to speak to those objections, being able to really meet your people where they're at, being able to give them one of those, oh my God, how is she in my head moments, that's the shit that converts, honestly. It really, really is. That's the shit that moves someone from this program seems amazing to like, I have to do this for myself. It's what takes it from a want to a need is when someone fully gets that and speaks to you in that. So that is my call to you. Use this and speak to it. Like get that data, do something with it and watch how things really turn around from that point. So I hope this was helpful. I am always so, so passionate about talking about sales. So I really appreciate y'all being here with me today. And remember, none of this is to do sleazy sales tactics, to manipulate anyone, to make anyone be a yes. It's to really be in the process. It's to be the coach. It's to be part of here's what might be going on for you, which again is like the point of why we need coaching. Because if not, 
we will play small every time. We will self-sabotage. We will not invest in ourselves. We will do all those things (laughs) that we're programmed to do. And that's where coaching can help us shift things. And so doing that in the sales process is part of the process and part of the gift you can give your audience. So I hope that helps. I appreciate you guys so much. As always, thank you for listening and I hope that you have a beautiful week. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.